Good morning, everyone. I get the privilege of um, sharing the word this morning. So, um, we have been on a a series called Made for More, and we're on the fourth part of that series. And it's, uh, I think it's a good word, made for more. I think in our identity in Christ, we are meant for more, right? God wants to pour through us. So I hope uh, we can, um, this morning will be good. I want to talk a little bit today um, about uh, um, the return of Jesus and what that will mean for a lot of us. Um, I believe, uh, well, there's, there's a couple different reactions we can have to his return. One uh, would be shock, uh, fear, or joy. And uh, today, uh, I hope we can kind of walk through that, and I hope we can get to the place where we uh, are in a place of joy uh, in, in his return. Uh, we've been going through a study called, uh, me and my small group, we've been going through a study called uh, uh, Driven by Eternity by John Bevere. And that is partly why I wanted to share this message here this morning uh, I've really felt that on my heart. Uh, it's convicted me in a lot of ways, again, to s- make sure that we are standing in the right way before God. And I hope I can uh, convey that this morning, uh, that message. So, would you join me in a prayer before we get started? Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, Lord God, because you are good. You're good to us, Heavenly Father. We just praise and, and worship you for who you are, Lord. I just pray this morning, Lord, that uh, as we open your word, Father, give us understanding. Give us revelation of who you are, Lord. I pray give us understanding, Heavenly Father. And I pray that your uh, word might be like a two-edged sword, Lord, that it might divide uh, our wrong thoughts from your thoughts, Heavenly Father. That it might uh, bring us to a place of uh, uh, greater understanding of who you are, Lord. We thank you, Father. Uh, just give us under, be with us here this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So there is a very real day coming where we will stand before God. And uh, the study that we've been going through, uh, they actually, there's an allegory that uh, uh, he has written that you kind of go through. And it takes these five friends that go through their life. And they experience different things throughout their life, hurts, uh, blessings and so on and it kind of follows them as they have to make decisions on who they're going to live for and at the end of their life they come before God and and they have to give an account for what what they did in this life and quite a few of them were in shock about where they were ending up because they took for granted what God had said in his word so there is a, a judgment, uh, it's called the judgment seat of Christ. That's the one that uh, believers will come before. And then there's the great white throne judgment where unbelievers uh, will go and, and be judged. So this morning, I want to talk about, uh, as believers, uh, where we stand. It says uh, uh, that the road to hell is wide and the path to him is narrow. And, yeah, so hopefully we can convey that here this morning. Our first scripture today comes from uh, Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. 
Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice wickedness and lawlessness. What a shock would that be if that is what we heard before God. And I hope we can talk, uh, as we talk through it this today, that we don't have to be in that direction. But I think the one thing I want to highlight in this particular scripture, these people thought they were following God. They thought they were serving him. They were even, uh, even preaching his word. But in the end, God said, I don't know you. So how did these people get to this particular point? I, I believe that uh, one of the ways this happens is when we start creating an image of God that is not really God. And this happens fairly easily. The way this goes on is sometimes is, uh, you know, we follow God, but then, uh, you know, we, we're, we only are selective maybe of what we see in the Word or what we read in the Word. We only go after the positive aspects of it, and, and we slowly start creating uh, an image of him that is not uh, who he really is. And as we start creating this image, uh, we all of a sudden are following a God that is okay with us uh, uh, going off the wrong direction. Uh, we, he's okay with us uh, continuing to have sin in our lives. And... I believe uh, this is an image that we need to get rid of in our lives if this is what we have. And this is a bit of a, you know, I just want to kind of confess this morning, this is a bit of a hard word to speak, uh, but I did feel like I needed to speak it. So, I, you know, be patient with me. The good news is coming. I am, I am one that I believe in the goodness of God, and he, he never, never, ever gives up on us. It is uh, sometimes us that kind of starts slowly drifting away from him. And, and uh, that can happen through this process of creating an image of him. And we think that we're following him, but it is not actually him. So uh, the way this, uh, another way this may happen is, uh, you know, we come to a point where we are, we don't have a repentant heart anymore. Uh, we're walking along, and as we sin, we no longer feel uh, bad about it. Uh, we might actually excuse it. Uh, or maybe we say sorry for the big things or whatever, but we allow uh, things to continue to fester in our life, continue, things to continue to uh, um, grow. Uh, John Bevere says, uh, Grace frees us from the penalty of sin, but it also frees us from the enslavement of sin. So God's grace will free us from sin. So he, uh, he actually, uh, through that grace, through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, we are freed. But what happens sometimes is we end up walking back into uh, enslavement of the sin itself. So we can end up walking back into the sin that used to, our old things that we used to do, we end up going back into it. And why does this happen? I think uh, a lot of times this happens uh, when we are not walking closely with him. We look for our old comforts again. 
We look for the old things that we used to do to fill our hearts instead of uh, God's presence. And so we end up spending our time there and we end up getting entangled once again into the sin. And what does the word of God say? If you, if his sacrifice that he made on the cross, if we don't take that sacrifice, if we don't live in that, uh, there's nothing else that can save us from, um, from that death. So Jesus says, you who practice lawlessness. So there's an actual practice of lawlessness. It's, uh, so we, I think this is the only way to flush this out is our continued uh, relationship in him, our continued walk with him. A.W. Tozer said, If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and every, everybody would know the difference. It's quite a shocking statement uh, that A.W. Tozer says here, but... I, I just wonder, is that true? Do we get so good at doing church instead of being church? Do we get so good at speaking the language without being what God has created us to be? And I think we need to uh, continue to stay before God uh, in that close walk with him, but through the power of the Holy Spirit in order for him to continue to show us are, are the small things that kind of rise up in us. Don't, don't um, underestimate what's happening in this world. Don't underestimate the enemy and what he's trying to do. Everything that you see all around you, everything coming at you, every, people speaking at you, they're all trying to, not all of them, but most of them are trying to speak a contrary language from what God is speaking. It is a contrary kingdom to what, to what uh, he is trying to in, bring in. And if we're not walking closely with him, we end up thinking, and sometimes they mirror fairly close. They're pretty close. They, you can see by these people, they were doing things, they were doing things in, the, in the church. They obviously were, were doing things, but they, they mirrored so closely, they, didn't, they failed to see that they did not have a relationship with him. He said, I never knew you. So they did not have a personal walk with him, but they went through the motions. And, and trust me, I've, I've been there where you, church becomes a place where you just go through the motions. You come to church, you do this, you do that, you say hi, you all the stuff. And, and, it, and was there an impact? No. Sometimes we walk out the same as we came in. It's all about the walk with God. In 2 Timothy 3.13, it says, But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. So I actually believe that when we are in that falsehood, we ourselves deceive others. And we need to be careful as believers because if we follow somebody that is not walking in the Spirit of God, we can be deceived as well because we think, wow, that person is doing it. Why can't I? You know, that person, you know, is doing this or that, right? In 2 Timothy 3, 5, it says, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. 
It is only done by, by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to change into a new likeness and to change into who he has made us to be. And let me, let me just illustrate here. This is not a new believer, uh, and this is not a person who does wrong that is all of a sudden off track in him. It says in the Bible, you will be forgiven seven times. Seven t- you should forgive your brother 70 times seven. You know, there's endless, endless forgiveness for those that are truly repentant. But this is not an abusive thing that we, oh, I can sin, I'll just say sorry afterwards. You know, what, what slowly ends up happening in our lives is we, we end up searing our heart. And we sear it over and over again until we don't feel the Holy Spirit telling us anymore that we need to repent. All of a sudden, those sins are, they're okay, they're fine, they're just little ones. Matthew 7 verse 20 says, Yes, just as you can identify the tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So we need to watch and see people that, are, that have the wrong actions, and we need to make sure that we're following him and follow his spirit. So how do we, how do we make sure that we're um, staying close to him? And uh, one of the ways, I believe, is the fear of the Lord. As we've uh, walked through the, the study, it actually, um, you know, and one thing I want to highlight, um, fear is not actually being scared of God. I think uh, fear is in awe and reverence of who he is. And we, when we lose that awe and reverence of God, uh, we start building an image, that image of him that is not really him. He's a controllable God. He fits in a box. We know exactly what, you know. God is still God. God is still, uh, he's the one that created the world from, from the beginning. He knew you, right? And so we need to be careful that we don't uh, create this image. In 1 Corinthians 8 verse 3 it says, But anyone... But if anyone loves God with awe-filled reverence, obedience, and, and gratitude, he is known by him as his very own and is greatly loved. So God, uh, through that process, if he sees that we have awe for him and who he is, uh, and I think that's a natural thing. We've seen the Israelites as they came to Mount Sinai. You know, God said, sanctify yourself and come before me. And they seen the presence of God coming on the mountain. They seen the smoke. They seen the lightning. They seen the fire of him. And they were scared. They were afraid. And they did not want to come near. And they actually sent Moses. Moses, you go up. You go up and, and for us. And you tell us what God is going to say to us. So God wanted to start that relationship. But they were afraid of him. They were scared of who they seen. He's a, a magnificent sight. Right? Isaiah uh, 33, verse 6, it says, He will be your sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. So that is the key to this treasure. The fear of God keeps us in a place where we see him, him as holy. If we don't reduce him to our level, 
God is still God. He is still the one that created the universe. So I think, uh, I guess what my, I'm trying to commute today is uh, we need to have that reverence for him and, and walk with him, that we are truly building that relationship with a God of the universe. So James 1, verse 14 to 15 says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed his own desires. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And this sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So we need to be careful that we not once again get entangled by sin, and that sin continues to grow in us, and then finally brings us to a place of death one more time. John Weaver said, if we, won't, if we want a stronger anointing on our lives, we need to learn to hate sin like God does. And you will see a stronger anointing. So God wants to pour through us. But I think sometimes he's limited by what power he can pour through us because we, we don't hate sin as he hates sin. And one of the things I can see in this is, you know, uh, we allow many things around us. We won't speak against it. We see sin, how it destroys people's lives. And, and we are to stand against it. And so sometimes, and it talks about in the word, how if you see a brother that is, uh, you know, sinning, that we need to actually talk to them, actually need to uh, bring them back uh, from that place where they could, you know, be swept away once again, Right? So, sorry, just let me get back on track here. So in Philippians 2, verse 12, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So we are to recognize the fear and love of God. And it is not just the fear of God, but it is the love of God. I think when we come into his presence, we recognize that love that he had for us, right? He sent his son into the world to die for us. So he did not show a lack of love. But I think the deadliness of sin, uh, he sees that, right? He sees that what it will do to us. And he's continuing to try to call us back. From, from, that, uh, from that edge that we sometimes want to live on. In Psalm 128, verse 1 to 2, it says, Blessed is the one who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of, of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. So the other way I think uh, that we need as a way for us to, to see is, uh, is what is our philosophy? I've been going through a series uh, the last while uh, by Andrew Womack, uh, Christian Philosophy. And um, maybe I'll just uh, share the definition uh, for a minute. Uh, The definition is study of the fundamental nature of knowledge, reality and existence, especially when considered as an academic discipline. So philosophy is our way of life. And in Colossians 2, verse 8, it says, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the uh, spiritual power of this world. Rather, 
rather than from the from Christ. So don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and a high sounding nonsense. And that's what I was talking about before. This world is all around, tries to convince us. And I think, you know, one of the things I see is there's always a great debate about uh, the validity of the Word of God. And, you know, I've seen over the years, time and time again, how somebody has come along and said, yeah, we've, we've figured it out. You know, the Word of God is not real, and this is why it's not real. And they have all failed. Uh, they have all consistently failed. And why is that? Because the Word of God is true. But we have to be careful that, that we ourselves don't have, in the back of our mind, have a thought process that uh, belie- uh, has a belief system in that, that, that the Word of God is, is full of errors, it's, it's this or that. I think this is where sometimes uh, the lack of God being able to pour through us is because we, we don't believe the Word of God. And we need to get to a point where, and this is a point where we need to establish for ourselves that uh, the word of God is real. Uh, God is real. What he says in a, his word is real. And the problem is, I think, in this is sometimes that we ourselves don't know the word of God. We don't know scripture enough. And so we allow the world to tell us about the word of God. And we allow other people to tell us about the word of God. And we ourselves are not getting into the word of God. I, I, I don't know. As we draw nearer and nearer uh, to uh, God's return, uh, you see it all around. You see many things, many signs and wo- things happening in the world that uh, we're coming into a place where um, it's getting close to his return. And what did the apostle say? Uh, we need to live with expectancy. We need to live as though he is returning soon. And we need to be prepared for that. In in Second uh, Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It is to correct us when we are wrong and teach us to do what is right. Isn't that that awesome? The word of God, as you read it, will continue to correct you. It will continue to build that firm foundation in you. I think we we have to be careful, um, uh, again, because uh, what would happen sometimes, and, and John Bevere said it, we read what we believe rather than believe what we read. So sometimes, you know, people have taught us a certain way and this and that, and, and we read it in that way versus asking God by the power of the Holy Spirit to give us insight into what the Word of God says. To give you an actual revelation of who He is and what He is saying to you. Because I can tell you, God wants to speak to you directly. And... I, I've, I've found this many times myself. You can hear a great teaching, and if you just depend on that great teaching, it will fade over time. But if you get into the Word of God and you actually read and you actually search that out yourself, what ends up happening is God actually gives you a revelation and understanding about who He is and what He wants to speak to you about. 
And so all of a sudden, that is no longer that person's revelation. It is now your revelation of who God is and what he is speaking to you about, right? So we need to uh, make sure that we, we're reading it for ourselves. We're searching it out. We're searching out his word. So just to recap this morning, um, the day of the Lord, uh, so number one, the day of the Lord, uh, make sure that we're not uh, creating an image of him that is not him, that we're truly following him. Number two, the fear of the Lord, uh, um, the fear of the Lord. We need to be, we need to depend on Holy Spirit to work in us to correct in us the things that are wrong. And number three, what, what's our philosophy? Do you believe the Bible? Do you believe the word of God? So there's a, a scripture I want to read over you. It's a prayer. Uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a prayer um, that we need to receive. So um, it's Philippians 1, verse 9 to 11. And this I pray that your love may abound more and more, displaying itself in greater depth and in real knowledge and in practical insight, so that you may learn to recognize and treasure what is excellent, identify the best, and distinguishing moral differences, and that you may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, actually living lives that lead others away from sin, filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God so that his glory may be both revealed and recognized. Isn't that awesome? There's amen to that. So I, yeah, maybe you kind of knows that it kind of feels a little bit hard uh, to talk about these things and talk about uh, judgment and so on. Um, but I think this is a way for us to be firm. And I, I don't, you know, uh, when, I was, uh, when I was a new believer, that is one thing that I had to overcome, actually, was uh, is, uh, my self-condemning of myself consistently. I, I started walking with God, and, and, you know, when I'd slip up, I would condemn myself. And I would get into a place where I, I kind of felt like he, I wasn't saved or this or that. So I, I questioned that consistently. But it says in the word of God that as we uh, repent, we have, to, we have to believe, we have to have faith that he is faithful to forgive us. As we continue to come before him in repentance, we, we, we are forgiven. We are made whole. And we don't have to carry that with us anymore. We have to leave it at the cross. So I, I want to make sure that this morning that is not something that, you know, we're coming again into a place where, where we are continuing to carry things with us as we, we know we're leaving them behind. And God has forgiven us. So he died on the cross uh, for, for our uh, salvation, for our complete forgiveness. And that, that covers your future sins, all those things that you will do. But the one thing is, it is a walk with him. It is a close walk with him, a continued relationship. And I hope today that is what I communicated, that it is, it is uh, uh, we need to be careful. It is, it is still a thing that we need to be watched for what the enemy is doing. 
Because what the, he ch- continues to try to come around, he tries to separate us from, from God. He tries to separate us from, from the church, from people that will speak into our lives, so that he can once again, uh, it says like he's seeking for someone to devour, right? So we need to have an expectancy uh, about what God's coming and that we stay pure and walk with him in the power of the Holy Spirit. He, he wants to, I, I just, God convicted me this week again. He wants to more than I do myself pour through me. He wants to do it more than I even want him to do it. And so I think sometimes uh, it, we limit God on what he can do through us. And so let's come before him in repentance. Let's leave the sin behind, the sin that's so... Uh, so easily entangles. And let's walk with him uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit in that relationship. God did not come to this earth uh, to just save us from hell. God came to restore a relationship with him. He came to restore that relationship so that we can once, a walk, once again walk with him. So, We're not here today to go through the motions. We're not here today to do certain things. We're here today to uh, walk with other believers that are walking with him. So make sure that you have that walk with him. You should be able to feel the presence of God in you and the presence of God leading you each and every day in all all that you do. And yeah, so... Okay, as we draw to the close here, I just wanted to... Just read Romans uh, 10, verse uh, 10 to 11 uh, for a minute. Uh, For those that maybe haven't given their lives to God. uh, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scriptures say, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. So it is in faith that we believe that and are saved, right? So join me in a prayer. Um, as we close off here this morning. Heavenly Father, I just pray that as, uh, as we draw a close here today, Father, I pray that you're with each one of us, Lord God. I pray that uh, the power of your Holy Spirit uh, draw us near to you, Lord. And I pray that uh, we have such a, uh, a cry for you and for your spirit, Lord, that we instantly recognize when we're not walking with you, Lord, that we're able to come back. Father, to walk with you, Lord. I pray, Father, that you give us insight to see uh, where, where's things that are hindering us, where's things that are uh, bogging us down uh, in this life, that we're able to let them go, uh, Heavenly Father. I pray, Lord, that, uh, that you are with each person here today, Father. I pray that you drawing them near to you and to your presence, Lord God. May you be honored and glorified, Heavenly Father. And I just want to pray uh, for maybe that person today as we continue to bow our heads. I want to pray for that person that uh, maybe wants to accept you as Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you, or you're joining us online and you say, I, I want to uh, turn my life over to God. I want you to join me in a prayer this morning. Just repeat after me. God, please forgive me for all I have done wrong. I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to set me free. I want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. From now on, I am following you.
Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can have the power to change for the rest of my life. Amen and amen. As you continue to bow your heads, close your eyes. Is there anybody here today? You just lift your hand. Is there anybody here today that uh, accepted Jesus as Lord? Thank you. So if there's, uh, as you see uh, the person who uh, put their hands up, can you come go back to our connections kiosk? Uh, we have um, we have a, walk, a packet there for you that, to show you your next step in your faith with God. Thank you. So we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness and your grace. I pray that you be with each one of us today, Heavenly Father, that you empower us to walk out uh, the faith that you that we have in you. In your Son Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.